We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. The Chicago Bulls select Kobe White. Levine with the runway. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. I'm here as always with Jason Pat and Jason. We finally have a happy Bulls game to talk about after we just had a pretty sad postmortem about the Bulls in our last episode with the mailbag. Uh, from listeners, the Bulls come out and play their most exciting game of the season. There's no doubt. It was a 129-116 victory over the Pelicans. A bunch of history being made in this game. The Bulls break the franchise record for most threes hit in a game. They go 25 of 47 from three, hitting 53.2% of their three-point attempts. Zach Levine and Kobe White did all the heavy lifting. They are the first teammates in NBA history to each hit at least eight three-pointers in it's a crazy. game, Kobe goes 8 for 17, Zach goes 9 of 14. The Splash Brothers never did this. No one else ever did this. Kobe and Zach, a little bit of history for them. And damn, man, like this just came at the perfect time because after dropping that game against the Wizards, after splitting against the Magic and the Knicks when you thought the Bulls really had an opportunity to, uh, you know, make up a little ground in the standings, uh, this was a super fun game to watch. And... Yeah, it was just a breath of fresh air, considering that, you know, the last week or so of the season had kind of been a downer. Yeah, absolutely. It kind of felt like the season was about to go off the rails, for sure, with the, with the injuries and just the team. You mentioned the games that they just lost, the Wizards, the Magic, like losing those games. You're like, oh, here we go again. Like, this season's going to shit. Uh, and then they come out and they hit their first eight threes. I think Zach hit five out of those eight. Even Garrett Temple, who'd been in a big slump, hits a couple early. Uh, they hit their first eight threes. They score 44 points in the first quarter. They're looking great. But then even in the middle of this game, and this game was just absolutely crazy. In the middle of this game then, second quarter, the Bulls get outscored 40-22, to 22 and they're down eight at half. And I'm like, all right, they're about to get their ass blown out. Like, this, it's, here we go again. Like, as good as they shot, they hit. They shot almost 60% in the first half. They hit 14 threes. Zach is on fire, and they're still down eight at half. It's like, all right, well, they're just going to end up losing this game by, like, 15 to 20 points. Instead, they come out in the third quarter, and they – when that quarter, 40 to 14, Kobe White, that's when he really caught fire, hit five of those three pointers in that third quarter. Just 
wide open looks. And one, and obviously we talked a lot about Kobe White in our last pod, and, and he had been really down. And a lot of the conversation around him is: should he be benched? Uh, do they need to stop to stop the point guard experience or experiment with him? And yesterday he had thirty points and seven assists. He hit all those threes. But obviously, the, I mean, you watch that game, and he was just getting wide open spot up threes, which is what he can really do well. I'm just, I mean, over and over again, the Bulls. Bulls deserve a lot of credit for their ball movement. 30, 30, 36 assists. Shout out to Jim Boylan. Would be proud to get over 35. Pelicans defense was atrocious. The Bulls were getting just, again, like almost every other possession, they're getting wide open looks. And Kobe White was a big factor in that. Just spot up threes over and over and over again. And he made, and credit to him for knocking them down, for hitting eight of them. But he just, he didn't have to do much like off the dribble. He was in his comfort zone, clearly very confident in just burying threes. And that's where he's obviously at his best. Uh, just, just, just making it rain from three, and then they they took it like an eighteen point lead in the fourth quarter, and they held on. They never really got that close after that. And then besides Kobe, I mean Zach was just on fire from the beginning. Uh, he had twenty points in the first quarter. Like I said, I think he hit his first five threes, just absolutely toying with the Pelicans defense, whoever they were throwing on him. And he took Lonzo to school a few times. Lonzo did look pretty good in the first half and a possible addition, but he was mostly invisible in the second half. But just, just an incredible display of shot making by Zach and Kobe and even a few other guys. I mentioned Temple, Denzel Valentine hit four three-pointers with his ridiculous heaves that he somehow makes. Uh, there was a funny moment. Apparently, Temple was was supposed to start for Denzel, but Billy Donovan made a mistake, and then Den- so Denzel started, and Billy <laughs> ended up pulling him, and everyone was confused. But both those guys had good games. Sadrans came up, came off the bench and had seven assists in like the first nine minutes in his first stint. Uh, Temple had seven assists himself as well. I mentioned they had thirty six as a team, so just a great team win with their ball movement, with the shot making, and just a lot of fun. And like you said, this was a game they definitely needed because if they would have lost last night. Uh, and then they got the Clippers coming up. The schedule does toughen up a bit more coming up here. Like, again, it would have been like, here we go again. This season is just totally useless. But now Bulls are feeling good about themselves. Again, this was just a game where also just like one of those nights they're making everything. But they did some really good things with their ball movement and their passing and, and all that kind of stuff. So hopefully they can keep that going against the Clippers on Friday. Yeah, man, I think a big key for the Bulls moving forward is going to be making sure they hit 25 threes in every game. If they (laughs) do that, they should be just fine. Uh, But no, it was awesome to see them get hot and just at the rate at which they were shooting threes. Like Kobe took 20 shots, 17 of them were threes. (laughs) The team in general took 81 shots and 47 of them were threes. So uh, they were just overwhelming the Pelicans with three-point volume. Uh, It certainly helps when they're going in and Zach and Kobe for a while there couldn't miss. You were totally right that this game for a minute just seemed like it was going to be a classic Bulls collapse type of game we saw so many times last year uh, after such a bad second quarter. Essentially, the Bulls looked great in the first. It was like shit in the second. They look great again in the third. They win that third quarter 40 to 14. Uh, What a change of pace from the Boiling era, right? When this is what was happening to the Bulls previously like the bulls were getting blown out in the third quarter third Uh, quarter (laughs) it's so nice to like have a coach who can go into halftime and uh actually like get the team going in the second half like i said it's it's huge when they're making shots and kobe was the biggest part of that quarter uh you're absolutely right that kobe was doing most of his work off the ball i swear he was getting so many open looks just off like relocation threes yeah uh off like you know offensive rebounds yep so yep. this was not the case of like Kobe beating drop coverage off the dribble or something like this was Kobe 
just the ball finding him uh, basically wide open on the perimeter and him knocking down the shot. So I think he definitely needed a game like this. He also had seven assists uh, because before the game, Donovan gave some comments about like, well, whether he's starting or not. And he said that him and Kobe had had some tough conversations lately. And, you know, he's always seems to like challenge Kobe in the media while still being supportive of him. And that's one thing yeah. I really like with Donovan's approach to the team. Uh, you know, we had Cody on and he was talking about how, he will be a little gentler with Wendell who struggles with some confidence issues, but Kobe tries to like push him a little bit more publicly. So I think that has all been really good. Uh, and man, even Denzel who wasn't supposed to start this game and got the quick hook, he even looked really good. He had 16 points. Uh, he goes four of eight from three. So the bulls just had everything working. Uh, the ball movement was great. The shooting was incredible. I love the volume at which they were shooting threes Yep, and you know, in general, this was probably the most fun game of the season. Yeah. And back to the Kobe thing as well. I tweeted this at halftime when they were down eight. Like, Kobe, like, played decently well in that first half, but the Bulls got crushed with them on the court. They were a minus 22. Him and Zach were struggling defensively. It wasn't just them. Like, the other, the, the entire team was struggling to contain. Zion, Lonzo had 19 points in that first half. Uh, Ingram had a big first half. But then they kind of locked, they locked down in that third quarter. That Daniel Gafford had a really nice third quarter with blocking some shots at the rim. Uh some of it was just the Pelicans missing. Ingram was, I think, 0 of 7 in the quarter. They just completely fell apart. But the de- I, I tweeted that, like I mentioned, that Kobe was minus 22 in that first half despite shooting pretty well, uh, but that the defense matters. Because as we talked about, the Zach and Kobe backcourt duos maybe the worst in the league. But the third quarter, you get stops, you start making some shots on the other end, and the confidence starts coming, and it just kind of built and snowballed into a totally dominant third quarter where they win it by 26 points, and the game was basically over. So obviously those things kind of go go hand in hand sometimes you build that confidence with stops you make shots on the other end and and that was it and then and the bulls played just a really fun like you said fun overall game like i i don't think we can like make any grand things like about kobe white as a point guard and all that kind of stuff we obviously consistency has been an issue with him he's had these stretches before we've seen him get hot in these types of games i think we as we just talked about like the types of shots he was hitting and all those spot ups the offensive rebound stuff that you mentioned i think he hit at least two or three off long rebounds and just the ball finding him again so i think the clippers game will be really interesting to watch on friday if he has to go up against patrick beverly if Kawhi ever gets on him i know paul george i believe is going to be out for this game game tomorrow but it'll be interesting if he can string together a few games we did see that at the end of last season but then he come in, comes in and he's been really struggling this season until i mean for the most part until yesterday he has his best game of the year so we can let's really hope kobe white can build on that because yeah we I mean we've been very critical of him a lot of people are losing patience with him he is only 20 years old it is easy to forget that sometimes but so it was it was nice to see him just kind of catch fire and really gain that confidence. Was he's you know, he seems like definitely like a confidence player where he starts go, going, he sees a few go in, and he just looks a lot better, especially when he's just taking those pull up shots and, and those spot up shots, not pull ups. Uh, do you think that the Lonzo Ball rumors lit a fire under <laughs> Zach and Kobe at all? And second Maybe, part of yeah. that question, uh, Lonzo, pretty good game, you know, thirty four minutes, finishes with twenty one, seven assists, five rebounds, two steals. Uh, did last night's game change your perception at all of what the fit would look like with Lonzo Ball on the Bulls if it were to happen? Do you still think it would be a good fit? I mean, the way he played in that first half, he looked great. He was aggressive. He was driving to the basket. He finished a few times. He shot like five free throws, which is like, I think like a third or a fourth of the free throws he shot all year. Uh, He looked good shooting threes. Again, he was mostly invisible in the second half, but the Pelicans in general just 
fell apart in that second half. But I mean, he looked really nice, and like that—that'd be the way he was moving the ball, the way he was shooting the ball, the way he was being aggressive. Like that would—I think that would look really nice on a Bulls team, where especially if they're playing smaller lineups, that maybe they're going three guard lineups, uh, and they're looking to whip the ball all all across the court. Like, uh, yeah, I I think that would make sense. And uh, it almost—it almost seemed like he was giving it an audition in the first half. And maybe Zach and Kobe did take that personally at halftime. Like we got we like we're getting this—we're getting our ass shown up by this guy who we got trade rumors like especially Kobe White like if if the Bulls trade for Lonzo like is is Kobe going to move to the bench and Lonzo's going to take a starting spot and Kobe comes out and hit five hits five three on their heads in the third quarter so maybe that did play a part of it you never know what those kind of things but uh I mean they certainly responded well to Lonzo kicking their ass in the first half yeah definitely so looking ahead next game against the Clippers uh Paul George has been out for the Clippers lately and they haven't looked great without him the Bulls played the Clippers very well in their first meeting this year so that should be a good test like the next four games against the Bulls you're home against the Clippers at the Pacers Pacers look like shit Pacers have been bad lately yeah but at the Hornets and then at Philadelphia and that's their one ESPN game uh all year or at least in the first half of the schedule, which is the only thing that's been announced yet, is against the Sixers. So going to be a very interesting, uh, you know, little next set of games. And you still have the trade deadline that's about a month away. Uh, To me, like, you know, the Bulls still need to do something rather than just like, you know, last night's game doesn't change that. (laughs) Yeah, last night's game doesn't change that, but... uh, you know, I think a natural jumping off point here could be the Levine all-star campaign because uh, it's only picking up more steam after last night. He was absolutely ridiculous last night. 46 points, nine three-pointers, seven assists, uh, or seven rebounds, I'm sorry. Uh, do you think that Zach deserves to make it? Do you think he will make it? What's your read on Zach Levine for all-star this year? I think he definitely deserves to make it. He's averaging 28-5-5. and five. His true shooting percentage is 65%. Career highs just like all across the board with this stuff. He's almost 52% overall shooting, like 42-43% on high-volume three-pointers. And we know he takes a steady diet of very difficult ones. So, again, that's like a 65% true shooting on like a 30 usage. I'm pretty sure like you look at – I saw a tweet earlier. I don't have it up in front of me. But like this is stuff that like – looking at his numbers and his efficiency, like the combination of it that like maybe like five to 10 guys have ever done in like league history, just like the, his scoring has been absolutely insane. Uh, I know as we've talked about, he has had some issues in the clutch, which is just like one of like the one and the defense is a thing too. But like you look at his clutch numbers, he's at like 34% in the clutch and we know he has a huge usage. Of that. That's like the one downer. It's kind of crazy. Like how efficient he's been all season. But then you look at the, those clutch numbers and it's, and it's just not good. Like if he would have hit like maybe a couple of these, like potential game winning shots instead of missing them, the Bulls have a few more wins. Like I, feel, I, I think that's like definitely a no brainer because I think one of the issues with him and like the all star voting has been the Bulls have been so shitty that like teams just kind of, or people, voters, or whatever, they just kind of look, they just kind of look past him and think, oh, no, he's just getting numbers on a bad team. But like, especially now with with these injuries going on now and with the schedule coming up, if the Bulls are able to stay afloat and Zach keeps putting up these big numbers, I feel like that that could really help him. On the other hand, I do actually. Let, I, I'll bring up first how there are the, the second uh, round of voting totals just came out. Zach is fifth in guards voting, which I think is pretty decent. Uh, behind Beals, number one, Kyrie, Harden, Jalen Brown, the top four for guards. Zach, number five, ahead of Trey Young, actually, which I, I'm actually kind of surprised about. But so, like, he's not going to be a starter, obviously. So then you look at the, like the coaches voting. Like, 
I don't I like I would hope that he's starting to get appreciated a bit more. I can see a scenario where he does where he still does get snubbed, unfortunately, because the field is pretty tough. I was going through this last night. If you look at it, like you look through the top teams, you figure the Sixers will get at least two. Embiid's a lock. Simmons is not being voted high, but you figure Simmons probably gets voted in by Tobias the coaches. Tobias make it too. Tobias maybe. Harris. I, I think Zach Levine should get over Tobias Harris. Yeah. I know the Sixers are really good, best team in the East, whatever, but like he's a third wheel. If you put Zach in that spot as well, I mean, he's also going to put that. I mean, he's putting up those kind of numbers now, even better on higher usage. So like, I think it would be ridiculous if Tobias Harris made over Zach Levine. But you figure two, they get two. The Bucks are going to get Giannis and Middleton. Middleton is also putting like a 50, 40, 90 season right now, like six rebounds, six assists. So he's going to get in. So that's two there. You figure all three Nets guys are getting in. I, I know they had like Harden hasn't been there the whole time. Kyrie's missed some time, but like I feel like they're going to get in. Uh, the Celtics will probably get both Tatum and Brown. So after those like four teams, that's already nine guys. So then you're like, Beal's going to start, it looks like. And he's the leading scorer in the NBA. I mean, you could argue Zach's been just as good as Beal this season, he, even if his points are a bit down. Like, he's been more efficient. The Wizards are a joke. But I have a feeling Beal gets in. You look at Trey Young. Trey Young is putting up similar scoring, not as efficient, but he's also averaging the nine assists. His advanced numbers are better. His on-off numbers are much better. So I'm so that's Trey Young. So that's like so that's eleven ahead of Zach. If you assume that. This is this is how it plays out. So would Zach get the final spot? I mean, you look at there are other guys out there. I mean, you look at uh, I mean, we mentioned Tobias Harris. If he, if he's there, you mentioned you, uh, you talk about Nikola Vucevic. You look at Julius Randle, uh, Gordon Hayward, anybody from the Raptors. Any? I don't think Jimmy will get in from the Heat. I don't think he, he's missed too much time. Like Bam, maybe he's having a nice season. The Heat record is not that great. There's just a lot of competition there. I, Sabonis on the Pacers. I think Zach should make it over Sabonis, but. I mean, he'll be there. The Pacers falling apart probably helps Zach's case here. Uh, so, like, he definitely deserves it. It's just, like, I could easily see him not getting it, which is super unfortunate considering just the historic nature of his scoring and his efficiency this, so far this season. Yeah, he wants it so bad. in the organization wants it so bad. I think that, you know, when Stefan did that breakdown of Zach in the clutch, I feel like Zach is just... I have no other way to say this. He's horny for greatness. He just wants to be (laughs) great. He wants to be the hero at the end of the games. And he's been incredible throughout the entire season. I think that, you know, a lot of this is maybe like his Kobe fandom and probably his Jordan fandom growing up, uh, just like wants to be that guy. And I think, you know, from the organization's perspective, finally, like it's not Garpax anymore, but I'm sure that like, the Reinsdorfs would love to say we traded Jimmy Butler for an all-star, even though like the two all-stars are not created equal at all. Jimmy's still a much better player than Zach at his peak, even though Zach is putting up these ridiculously efficient scoring numbers just in terms of overall impact. Jimmy clearly the better player, yeah. uh, but Zach's had a great year. And I yep. think that it would be awesome for him personally. Uh, like you saw someone like Devin Booker last year who like wanted it really badly. Lillard in the past has been in this situation. Uh, and I think, you know, Zach's numbers, he deserves it. Personally, I don't like, I don't know. Like, I think that whoever has the best season should get it. Like I'm trying not to let my fandom uh, get in the way of this all-star vote, because like you said, it is a very uh, tough field you know, especially with all the talent that's come in the East via the Nets. Like last year, there was no Durant and James Harden to worry about in the East. And now Zach has to compete against that as well. Uh, So I hope he gets in. I think that it would be a good thing for the organization to finally have like some bit of like positive momentum because, you know, they've had nothing 
since the Butler trade. There isn't one <laughs> yeah, thing they can hold up unless it's the seven-game winning streak that ruined their draft pick <laughs> led by Nikola Mirotic before they traded him and ended up with Chandler Hutchison. So uh, it would be awesome if it happened. And yeah, I think Zach's going to need to keep it up. And it really feels like Zach has to pop off for 35 each night for the Bulls to have a chance. And he's very much up for that task. Yeah, he's been incredible. I also would like to, uh, I'll bring up the Hornets. Gordon Hayward is also another candidate. If you want to throw LaMelo in there, I mean, Zach should make it over both those guys. But again, just kind of pointing out how deep the field is and how the competition here, it's going to be tough. I think he does deserve to get in. I don't know if he's actually going to. We will see. There's still, I mean, the All-Star game is supposed to be in like a month. I'm not totally sure exactly when they're announcing this, when that's going to happen. I think there'll probably be like one more uh, like voting totals again Zach's not going to start but I mean he's he's pretty high up there for the guards we'll see if the coaches reward him again I do think these next like this next week or two could be really huge if the Bulls can win win some of these games shorthanded and Zach puts up big numbers he'll be very hard to ignore especially when the one big argument has been like uh that the Bulls just don't win enough games and if they're kind of right there especially shorthanded he will have a great shot you mentioned guard packs so let's wrap up really quick here I totally forgot that Gar Foreman is now a member of the Pelicans uh, front office. Our guy Joe Colley did bring that up last night. I, the, the tweet I saw the tweet this morning, uh, which is absolutely hilarious. Maybe the Bulls had a, a little extra revenge game factor in them going against uh, Gar Foreman's dumbass. I, I totally forgot that. I thought that was a really, really funny uh, subplot to this game that I had totally forgotten about. <laughs> yeah, you got to wonder how uh, <laughs> Gar and Paxson feel after watching Kobe and Zach shoot like that and uh, I'm sure that Boylan, insert that me the the gif of them uh, pump <laughs> pounding fists. Yeah, I'm sure Boylan was uh, super jacked up for it too. So, uh, you know, but that's the type of game you got to celebrate. That's why we're doing this podcast yeah, because absolutely. there haven't been very many high points in the season, and that was one. It certainly was. Yeah, that, we wanted. I we weren't planning on doing it, but after a game like that, the Bulls make some history. It was a lot of fun. We figured we'd get on. We'd get on here and do a quick emergency pod. And with that, that'll be it for us this this uh, this episode. We wanted to keep it short. Just wanted to talk about this game. We wanted to talk about Zach Levine's All Star campaign. So again, Bulls got the got the Clippers coming up uh, tomorrow on Friday night. That's a home game, and then not they don't play again until Monday. Then against the Pacers, I believe it was. Uh, and we'll probably do another pod in the next, maybe after those next couple games. Uh, so as always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network. Go check out all the great pods all across the network. For us here at Cash Considerations, please rate and review us. You know where to find us on Twitter as well, at, S, uh, at Bulls underscore J, at Espen underscore Ricky. Uh, as always, give us feed, feedback. Let us know uh, anything we can do on the pods, anything you want to hear, all that kind of good stuff. Rate and review us wherever you listen to pods. So uh, for Jason and Ricky, this has been an emergency pod of the Cash, Consider- of Cash Considerations, a Shire Bulls podcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. And go Bulls. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.